You're listening to Nightlight. Hi, and welcome to part two of Peace in the Midst of the Corona Storm. And it's a storm that's now developed into a hurricane that's now also hit us here in Uganda, where we're getting our first cases and are already in partial lockdown. And it is, of course, especially hard on the poor, as it is in pretty much every country of the world now. But there are a lot of positives. Many people are turning to the Lord for help, dusting off their Bibles. Christians worldwide are being energized. And God is definitely getting a lot of mileage out of this, as he always does in times of disaster and desperation. So, once again on this show, I'm going to share with you a variety of positive thoughts, inspirations, and testimonies that either you, our listeners all around the world, have written yourselves or sent me the link to. And, as usual, the show is punctuated by a choice selection of songs to complement the encouraging and faith-building messages you're about to hear. Let not your heart be troubled Let not your heart be troubled Jesus said Let not your heart be troubled You believe in God Believe in in my father's house are many mansions If it were not so, I would have told you I go before to prepare a place So that where I am He may be also In that day we shall sit down Sharing dreams of old Then we'll realize Trials on earth Really didn't matter at all Go away for a little time 
But I'll send another who comfort you and ease your mind. I won't go far. I am where you are. Well, I have a lot of pieces to read you on today's show. It's hard to know where to start, but let's start in Italy. And here's a moving report and testimony of a doctor, Julian Urban, who's 38 years old, and he's a doctor in Lombardy. He writes, Never in my darkest nightmares have I imagined that I could see and experience what has been happening here in our hospital for three weeks. The nightmare is flowing, the river is getting bigger and bigger. In the beginning there were a few of them, then dozens and then hundreds. And now we're no longer doctors. We've become sorters on the conveyor belt, and we decide who should live and who should be sent home to die, even though all these people have paid Italian taxes all their lives. Until two weeks ago, my colleagues and I were atheists. That was normal, because we're doctors. And we've learned that science excludes the presence of God. I always laughed at my parents for going to church. Nine days ago, a 75-year-old pastor came to us. He was a kind man. He had serious breathing problems, but he had a Bible with him. And we were impressed that he read it to the dying and held their hands. We were all tired, discouraged, mentally and physically exhausted, when we had time to listen to him. Now we have to admit, we as human beings have reached our limits. That's all we can do. And more and more people are dying every day and we're exhausted. We have two colleagues who've died and others who have been infected. We have realized that where what man can do ends, we need God. And we've begun to ask him for help when we have a few minutes. We talk to each other, and we cannot believe that as wild atheists we're now searching for our peace every day, asking the Lord to help us resist so that we can take care of the sick. Yesterday the pastor died, a 75-year-old pastor who until today, although we've had more than 120 deaths here in three weeks and we were all exhausted, devastated, had managed to bring us despite his condition and our difficulties, a peace that we had not any more hoped to find. The pastor has gone to the Lord, and soon we will follow him too, if it continues like this. I haven't been home for six days. I don't know when I last ate, and I'm becoming aware of my uselessness on this earth, and I want to dedicate my last breath to helping others. I'm happy to have returned to God while I'm surrounded by the suffering and death of my fellow human beings. 
beautiful, beautiful, and that's the beautiful Joanna Dooley with that classic hymn produced by her father, Michael Dooley, of an album called Safe Haven, which is a wonderful, soothing collection of songs of faith and comfort. And I'm going to leave room to play another one or two of them within this program. Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, as you would expect, especially when there's a sickness going around with no known cure, you'll hear testimonies of healing miracles, like this next testimony from Clay Bentley. A coronavirus survivor told his story on Fox News Channel, explaining how he was diagnosed with the virus and struggled to breathe as he declined in the hospital with his lungs rapidly filling with fluid. Everything changed, he said, after God came into his room and breathed into his lungs. Clay Bentley, a retired sheriff's deputy from Georgia, shared the story of his miraculous recovery after a bitter battle with the Chinese coronavirus. He believes he contracted the virus after attending a gathering at the church at Liberty Square in Cartersville, Georgia. He rapidly declined, going to urgent care the next day after struggling to breathe. He was ultimately diagnosed with pneumonia and sent home. However, he went back to the hospital days later after his condition worsened and they eventually confirmed that he had contracted the coronavirus. You know, I was in the hospital for about 12 days. I guess it was around the fifth or sixth day. The doctors told me we've tried everything, he explained. We ran all these antibiotics through you. We've done all these tests. And you're worse today than you were when you came in the hospital, he continued, noting that the doctor stressed the importance of getting the fluid out of his lungs. At that point, Bentley said he heard God tell him, you're getting better. I'm just going to tell you, I heard the voice of the Lord tell me, as the doctors was telling me that, the Lord said, you're getting better. You're getting better. And I guess it was about three o'clock in the morning. I got to the point where I couldn't even breathe. And I tell you, I felt like I had a man laying on my chest, and the weight of this man was so heavy that he was taking my breath, Bentley said. I mean, it was like I couldn't even breathe. Then all of a sudden, I felt air blown into my lungs. And I knew as a believer that God was there with me. And he began to blow air in my lungs. And I took a deep breath. Bentley said the doctor came in the next morning and checked him. And he said, yesterday you were worse than you've ever been. And I come in here today, and you don't have hardly any fluid in your lungs at all. And the doctor asked me, I just want to ask you if you're a praying man. And I said, yes, sir, I pray. I pray constantly. And the doctor said, well, I found in my practice that when people pray, that positive energy causes the body to begin to heal itself. And I said, huh. You can believe that if you want to. But I'm telling you, God came in my room last night, and it was He that healed me. Oh, 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 
gosh, I've been playing that psalm song sung by Christy Gibson on my radio shows for almost 20 years. But that was a brand new version from Michael Dooley and Friends from his new gospel album, Sing to the King. With music to calm and soothe your soul, you're listening to Nightlight. Now a couple of comments that were posted on my Facebook page. The first from Kevin Dempsey. This virus, much like the Grim Reaper, walking my neighborhood street, my mortality becoming a stark reality. We often live believing that time is on our side, that there will be ample opportunity to seek forgiveness of others, to forgive, to make amends. Those issues that our pride kept us from resolving become much more distinct. It's high time to forgive and forget to reach out today, to humble ourselves and make sure our brother or sister. Our time is always ready. We must reach out today. Now, this will be an encouragement for all of you homeschooling families. Rosa of Lewis in London says, As we seek to dwell on the positives during these difficult times and at risk of repetition, I also want to share how happy I am in a very good thing this COVID crisis is bringing about. We homeschooled our four teens until a few years ago as their needs changed and we were unable to continue at secondary level. Two years ago, I secured work as a nanny to a family and as the parents still need to work, I'm very thankful I can also continue to work as long as good health prevails. My bosses have expressed how thankful they are to enlist my homeschooling experience to help as their kids, along with millions all over, ride this homeschooling wave. Vast amounts of signposting and resources for children and young people of all ages are being freely shared across social media by those in the homeschooling community. And what makes me so happy is when this crisis has passed, so many people have come to realize that homeschooling is, yes, a very doable option, and it will be a positive experience for most, which will dispel certain myths for instance, the socialization, in quotes, issue, and change many negative attitudes and assumptions that there has been towards homeschoolers in the past. Homeschooling here is getting the best possible media coverage right now. It's fantastic. Steve Gilb in Houston, Texas, who was on the last show, if you remember, he just posted this on his Facebook page. Have you ever wished you had some sort of sanctuary you could escape to away from life's daily routines, pressing responsibilities and demands, where you could commune with the Creator and seek Him for needed answers and input? I know I sure have. While I do not believe that the pandemic is sent from God, I do believe that the need to hunker down and stay at home can serve to grant this wish if we allow it to. It provides the perfect opportunity for us to be still, talk with God, and listen to Him as well. If we do this, I believe He will fulfill His promise to show us great and mighty things that we do not know 
see Jeremiah 33.3. All we have to do is ask him to give us eyes to see and ears to hear. I'm confident that with God's help, we will eventually come out of this situation and many of us will look back on it as the best time of prayer and retreat we've ever had. If we strive to make a sanctuary of our circumstances today. Just today, I received this from Kathy Gare in New Zealand. She says, thanks ever so much for helping coordinate our collective faith upwards 
in this time of earthly delusion, denial, and disease. The biggest asset in the world is our mindset, our minds set in you, Jesus, and your promises. Our minds stayed on thee because we trust in thee. Back in June 2017, I went to say goodbye to my father on his 95th birthday. His health and mental condition was frail. I spent many hours holding his hands and singing to him. If I stopped, he would say, keep going, keep going. Once, when I was singing Trust and Obey, he started to join in. Attached is a brief recording I captured of that event, so precious. My father insisted on singing the last line of the chorus as Trust all the way, rather than Trust and Obey. He did trust all the way, never doubting God's love, and he passed away peacefully and quietly four months later, in the arms of loved ones, on into the arms of the one who loves him most. Let's keep going and trust all the way, every day, come what may. I love you all so much. Kathy. Trust all the way to be happy, to be happy in G in Jesus, to trust all the way, trust all the way, there's no other way to be happy, be in Jesus, but to trust all the way trust all the way trust all the way for there's no other way there's no other way to be happy in to be happy, happy in Jesus but to trust all the way trust all the way oh dad that's Tell wonderful all the way yes trust all the way
Kathy, thanks so much for sharing that with us. I was just uh, weeping uh, during that testimony and that song. God bless you. Thank you for sending that to us. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Next, some thoughts from dear Duncan here in Uganda. We've known Duncan for many years. He was one of our first 12 Foundation Stones graduates way back in the day. Duncan says, These are profoundly unprecedented times for our generation. It's so evident here that most Christians haven't had the foundations of their faith shaken with the fear propagated by this invisible virus through both the gutter and mainstream media. Here's my humble opinion on the status quo. One, in this information overload era, let's guard our hearts and minds against all the negative press bombarding us from all fronts with seemingly overwhelming numbers of rapidly spreading rates and deaths. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Focus on how powerful God is, with the capacity to not only heal, but to annihilate the virus, as opposed to magnifying the pandemic through consuming lots of negative press. Two, make God's word the anchor for your soul. We have a multitude of promises from the Bible for protection and healing in the event that you contract the virus. Studying, memorizing, and meditating on scripture is not only faith building in this moment, but also one of the best ways to keep a close relationship with the Lord. Three, we ought to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. By doing our best to observe the World Health Organization rules and guidelines to curb the spread of the virus, social distancing, working from home, and avoiding unnecessary movements can go a long way to mitigate the spread of infection, especially to the most vulnerable people in society, and also help those around us who are helpless financially and otherwise, beginning with those in the household of faith, which I believe is more fertile ground for now, and we can resume sending tithes and offerings to houses of worship when the situation stabilizes. In whatever we do in the circumstances, let's choose faith and trust in the Lord over fear, because the latter is of the devil and only serves to drain us of any positive energy and expectation of the great things the Lord has in store for us. And in the event of death, which may seem to be the worst case scenario, passing on, in my humble opinion, is the best promotion for a believer, because then you go to be with the one you love, Jesus. Whichever way it goes, we're in it to win and should prayerfully approach the situation from a point of victory. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. 
Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day. The pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall, shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand at thy right hand. A thousand shall fall, shall fall at thy side. And ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. 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 Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. No evil shall befall thee. No evil shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. No evil shall befall thee. No evil shall befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. He shall give his angels charge over thee. Keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And from the noisome pestilence, it shall not come nigh thee. 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 And those, of course, are some key verses from Psalm 91, the protection psalm, taken from the classic Fear Not album. And I can recognize the voice there of Jerry Palladino. It's incredible how almost every preacher of every denomination that I've seen on the Internet are pointing to the promises of protection 
in Psalm 91 to combat fear with faith in God's word. On my YouTube channel, my boys helped to put together a very inspiring presentation of Psalm 91, and I've sent the link out to my MailChimp list and posted it on my Facebook page, and I'd encourage you to please share the link with as many as you can. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight. Nightlight. You're tuned in to Nightlight. Now something different. This is from C.S. Lewis. It was adapted from his essay, Present Concerns, in which he addresses public concern about nuclear bombs. And this was sent by Dina Elgesmer. How are we to live in a coronavirus age? I'm tempted to reply why, as you would have lived in the 16th century, when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you're already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the coronavirus came about, and quite a high percentage of us are already going to die in unpleasant ways. It's perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristles with such chances and in which death itself is not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we're all going to be destroyed by a virus, let that virus, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. Praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis. Not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about viruses. They may destroy our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. On far distant shores where the wild waves roar with the song of the seafarers in Wind 
music to calm and soothe your soul. You're listening to Nightlight. The Woman Fled into the Wilderness by Mark McMillan What a difference a day makes. A few days, a week or two, and the world is vastly different from how it was. Rationing, national lockdowns, schools closed, air travel curtailed, and most nations utterly changed from a few weeks ago. For the people of faith, especially those who look to the prophetic future that's foretold, this is a lot easier to take and to have been prepared for than perhaps for many others. Recently, I wrote an article called Are We There Yet?, which talked about what Scripture says about the times before the return of Jesus. There, I went over some of the signs of the times that Jesus himself mentioned would be apparent before his return. I think you have to go back to World War II in the States to find anything remotely similar to how things are at the moment. But even in the short time between when I wrote that and now, things have been changing very fast. Today, where I live, some major grocery stores have started restricting how many people can be inside the store at one time. There are rationings for many basic staples, and the cash register will not allow purchases over a certain amount. This is unprecedented in my lifetime. I think you'd have to go back to World War II in the States to find anything remotely similar to how things are at the moment. This reminds me of what a friend years ago told me about what he had thought about the Bible before he got saved. Just a book for old ladies to cry in, was his opinion of Scripture. But we know it is so very much more than this. So much more that it has many specific, exact conditions that it predicts will be a part of the world at the end of this age. And that includes economic conditions. For example, more and more people around the world have become familiar in recent years with the prediction in the book of Revelation that focuses precisely on how shopping for groceries will be in the last years of this age. Speaking of a final demonic world government that will arise at that time, it says that it causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, to receive a mark in their hand or forehead, and that no man will buy or sell unless they have the mark. Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. Cryptic, but clear. Are we there yet? No, not quite. But the technology is already here. I don't have to tell you how close something like this is now in our times. How simple it will be to implement a cashless society, all connected online, and thus able to be controlled in a way unimaginable only a few decades ago. There just has to be an atmosphere. Perhaps some international crisis like the present one to make it easily accepted by the masses. For the people of faith, this is going to be a major moment of crisis and decision because the Bible warns that this mark of the beast to come will be utterly satanic 
and that the people of God are warned in no uncertain terms not to receive this coming mark that will be enforced in order to buy and sell. So what will we do? How will we get food and survive? Wonderfully, the same book in the Bible also answers this question in a somewhat amazing way. I'll add in the verse Revelation 12.6 that explains God's plan and provision for his people in the final days and then examine its meaning. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. The phrase, the woman, is speaking of the saved of God in the final days, the body of Christ out of every nation. The 1,260 days mentioned there equals three and a half years, the period of time of the Great Tribulation that is referred to in so many places, both in the Old and New Testament, of the final time before the return. Of Jesus. Since this provision of our physical welfare that God will have for his people in the final days is so important for us to know about, the Lord even went ahead and said it twice in the same chapter. Here's where it's virtually repeated again in Revelation chapter 12 verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. I heard somewhere long ago that there is a Chinese curse that says, may you live in interesting times. Well, here we are. I hope you're praying staying close to the Lord, loving your neighbor, and staying in God's word. Those things are our only hope in times like these. Lighting your path through the end times. You're with Nightlight. Well, thanks for that, Mark McMillian. And for a lot more from Mark on the end time and many, many other topics, please visit his website at markmcmillian.com. Well, on a soon coming night light, I'm going to be joined by Robert Mandelbaum, and we're going to be discussing some of the absolutes of Bible prophecy, concrete signs that we can look out for that have to happen before the implementation of the mark of the beast. And then three and a half years later, the second coming of Jesus and the setting up of his new world order and one world government. There's lots to look forward to, folks. And during this time, especially if you're in lockdown, well, you're blessed with time to brush up on your Bible prophecy, sharpen your sword, spend a lot of time with Jesus so that you can be strong, instruct many, even do exploits, and get ready to shine.
special treasure he has promised never to depart from your side he'll guide you safely home but dusk is falling round you desperate hearts surround you searching for some hope to help them live Strong to me.